0: Hey Betty.
1: Hello Josh.
0: Betty, it's so good to have you here speaking to Thank us tonight. Um, we thought we'd do a little kind of interview as part of uh, introducing Betty this evening. So, uh, as I said when I was talking about our vision, part of our vision is to see the revitalization of the church, which basically means planting churches. And we're so excited to have sent Concord early in the month, but Betty, you are also going to plant a church.
1: Um, where, yeah. are, where are you going? Um, so, I was meant to already gone, so this is amazing to still be here, but um, I'm going to Rio, um, Rio de Janeiro, um, in a month's time, so on the 22nd of November. Um, I'll be going there with a team to plant a church um, in an area called Botafogo, um, which is, I'm learning Portuguese, so forgive my pronunciation, but I'm excited.
0: Betty, that's so exciting. Um, what team are you going with? What's the kind of, how did you feel called to it? What's your heart behind you know, your journey. We're so excited for you.
1: Um, yeah, it's a long story of how the whole thing came about. But, um, it's yeah, it's a long story. But I was watching this thing and this couple, Johnny and Tara, um, who were heading up a church in Brighton, St. Peter's. Um, there were associates there. They were talking about how God is, is calling them to rear, really calling them to people there. Um, and I felt really stirred to go. Um, I felt really stirred to yeah, to go with them, so I, was, I was just kind of emailed them. I was like, I would love to chat to you um, if you're about, and I didn't think they would reply, honestly, um, <laughs> but they did. Um, one thing led to another, and yeah, I'm off to you. Um, but yeah, so it's with them and another couple, Ben and Martha, who are coming from HTV, um, and so yeah, we're really, really excited to see what God is going to do there. Um, yeah. That's
0: so amazing, Betty. And as a church, how can we be praying for you as you, as you go and as you... Get grounded in there how can we pray
1: um i think the main things are um yeah that jesus would go before me i can't <laughs> really do anything any of it without him um and if there's anything this kind of waiting period just show me is that um so yeah pray for the leading of yeah of jesus and the holy spirit before i even go and practically uh, pray for my visa um they lost my application um it's now been found so please pray that everything kind of yeah goes smoothly with that um and find finances that god yeah god will provide for the for the whole thing um, amazing yeah
0: absolutely betty can i pray for you now and then yes. we'll hand over to you for your yes, preach you can. um lord thank you so much for betty we thank you uh That we, as St. Nick's get to be such a part of her journey of faith. And Lord, we pray that you would be with her powerfully. As she goes from this place, as she um, goes to Rio, Lord, would your spirit go before her? Would your spirit be in her, working through her? And Lord, would she know such an intimate closeness with you as she does this? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over to you, Betty.
1: Amen. Thank you, Josh. Um, If you have your Bible um, or your phone, um, if you could open up to John 6. Verse 25, and we're gonna look John 6, verse 25 to 35. So if you have your Bible, um, otherwise it's gonna come up on the screen. And it says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the good works that God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What what sign then will you give that we may see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and it is written, he gave them bread from, he- from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world sir they said always give us this bread then jesus declared i am the bread of life whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again and so this sunday we're starting off um, this new sermon series i am and for the next few weeks we're journeying together through the book of john looking at the seven um, I am statements that Jesus makes in this gospel. And so I'm kicking off with the, with one of my personal favorites, actually. I am the bread of life. And so many cultures across the world, names are very, very important. They often are used maybe to speak identity over a person or speak to what they will become, what they will be. Um, and I'm from Zimbabwe. Um, I was born there. Raised there um, till I was 11 years old. Um, and in my culture, names are very, very important. So I thought I'd pluck out some, fam- some names from the family um, to kind of share and illustrate this. So one of my cousins is called Makatende And the literal kind of English translation of this is God is faithful. But her name also is declaring God's faithfulness over her life. And an, I have another family member called Tanyaradwa, which the English translation is, means God has consoled, God has comforted. And so through the birth of this, yeah, family member, the family was going through a tough time. So the birth of this child was God's provision in the sense of comfort. So names, they tell a story. And you might be thinking, okay, well, like, why are you banging on about your family's names? Uh, But it's because biblically, names are very, very important. And to understand the significance of these seven declarations that Jesus makes in the book of John, we have to first look in Exodus where Jesus, where God tells us his name. Exodus 3, which if there are any Prince of Egypt fans in the room, um, it's one of my favorite movies that I watched pretty much every single day when I was 16 years old uh, before I went to bed. Uh, I thought I should confess that. Um, but um, Exodus 3, um, and this is right near the beginning of the Bible, um, as God's narrative begins, the, the story of the people of God is the story of Moses and the burning bush. Um, and some of us might have grown up hearing this story in, like, Sunday school. Uh, but it's basically Moses is out um, tending his father-in-law's sheep um, in the wilderness um, and he sees this burning bush, um, and it's it's God um, through the form of a of a burning bush, um, and he kind of has this moment with God, and God is like Moses, will you go set my people free um, who had been in captivity in Egypt for just under 500 years, um, and Moses kind of has this chat with God, and it's like, oh God, I I can't go, I'm not qualified, I'm not I'm not good enough, I sh- I I can't go. But in this beautiful, beautiful moment, God promises to be with Moses. And finally, Moses reaches this point of, okay, God, I will go. But who do I say has sent me? What is your name? And God replies with, um, a quite, it's, it's a strange reply, actually. Um, that if, so, if I ask someone their name and they told me this, I'll probably be more confused than anything. Um, And it's Exodus 3.14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Um, And that's quite a strange name. I am. Essentially, God is like to Moses, my name is, is I am. And he tells us that his name is I am. Now the Hebrew for for i am who i am is ahisha asha ahisha which translates in english as i will be what i will be so god is essentially saying to moses in this in this moment that i am the all sufficient one i'm everything that you need right now in this moment and i'm everything you will ever need i am all of the things that satisfy because i will be what you need i will be what the israelites need. He's not only the bread of life like we're going to speak about today, but as we're going to go on to discover throughout this series, he's the light of the world, he's the door, he's the good shepherd, he's the resurrection and the life, he's the way, the truth and the life and he is the true vine. So today we're going to look at this declaration of Jesus, I am the bread of life. And as as I do this, I want to look at two things. Firstly, who does Jesus claim to be by even saying, I am the bread of life? And secondly, what is our response to this declaration? How should it, if it should, how should it impact our lives? How should it change our lives? And so, for a bit of context, what's happening in this passage? What's happening in this part of John? So, at the beginning of John chapter 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000 um, with, his, with a boy's lunch of five small loaves of bread and two fish. And, and this miracle leaves the people, the crowd, this f- the 5,000, astounded by what Jesus has just done. And they, they kind of want him and they declare him to be their king. And they want this like revolutionary leader who's going to lead them against the Romans who were at the time were oppressing the Israelites. But knowing that his time had not yet come, Jesus, as we often see he does throughout the gospel, he, he quietly slips away to be alone with his father. And he goes up to the hills, as, yeah, as he often would. And the bit we're looking at, John 6, 25-35, takes place the day after this miracle of the, of the loaves and fish. So the people who Jesus is interacting with in this passage would have, been, would have been there and witnessed Jesus multiply this bread and the fish. And having witnessed that miracle, it says earlier in, in John 6 that the crowd follows Jesus to Capernaum, to a, a neighboring village where the passage we're looking at today begins. And so firstly, who does Jesus claim to be by saying, I am of life. Many cultures across the world will have a staple food, a, a, a food or a meal that's like a predominant part of their diet or what makes up a lot of what they, they need to survive. And as I mentioned before, I was born in Zimbabwe and our staple food there is maize. And I think there should be a picture that's going to come up on the screen. But growing up, um, I had a lot of maize um, and it's, it's kind of the thing out there. So for breakfast I would have so on the right hand side, your right hand side with the spoon, um, I would have that for breakfast. And that's that's it's just like porridge, but it's made for maize. And for lunch we would have this bread in the, the middle picture um, called sadza. I was called chimodo, sorry. Um, and it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, and for dinner um, I would have um, I would have sadza which is with the green vegetables there, which some of you in this room have tried, if if you've ever hung out with me. Um, But I grew up eating that, and that's our staple food. That's kind of the predominant part of the diet um, in Zimbabwe. Um, And I I must confess that I'd had so much of maize when I moved to uni that I was like, oh man, I'm so excited to move out um, so that I don't have to eat again. Uh, But by Christmas, I was desperate to go home because I missed it so much. Um, And my parents were were so pleased. Um, So, yeah, maize is a a key part of our our diet in Zimbabwe. In the same way that bread would have been a key part of the diet of the people who Jesus is speaking to in John 6. It would have been essential in in their day-to-day life, their sustenance. If they didn't have bread, they didn't have food. If they didn't have food, they couldn't eat, and so on and so forth. So, bread... Throughout the Bible symbolizes sustenance, what we need for survival, this life-sustaining provision from the Lord. Um, And most of us in the room, I'm sure, can testify of, of God's goodness, of his provision in our lives, over our lives. God's physical, tangible provision, because God provides for our physical needs. Jesus being the bread of life means he provides for our physical needs. Um, and last year, I spent the year um, I was um, doing the leadership development year here at St. Nick's, um, which was which was amazing um, and um, I learned a lot last year um, it was it was a, a growing year, but particularly on this topic of provision, um, the year started I was um, at uni I was studying law, um, and I was really enjoying it and I kind of thought after uni I would kind of um get a job in a firm my life will kind of yeah sort itself out we'll all be fine um and until as jesus always does started speaking to me about doing something else um and i was a bit confused but i was like oh i'll ignore it for a bit but i i decided to listen um and i felt like he was saying yeah do the leadership development you yeah, do the ldy Um, But at the time, I didn't have a job um, that I could fund the whole year with, um, and I didn't have anywhere to live, um, which are two key parts of being able to be in Bristol to even do the year. Um, And so I went on this walk. Um, I decided to go on a walk. I was going to pray about it and ask God, and I kind of gave him a list of the things that I wanted him to to give me for the year um, and made it very clear that I I wouldn't do it if he he didn't come through, Um, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't do that. But um, anyway, at the end of the walk, I I got home, uh, and my housemate at the time, um, bearing in mind on the walk, I told Jesus that I wanted to still have a job in, um, in the law sphere, so in a firm if that was possible. Um, and I thought this was outrageous, this was never going to happen, um, and I get home, and I tell my housemate, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've had this, I've um, just been worrying about jobs, because I'm thinking about doing this year at church, and she's like, oh, great, yeah, I was just speaking to my mom, my mom called me, um, and they are looking for someone to work for the firm, so, yeah, if you if you want to chatter about it, that would be yeah, that would be great. Um, I don't know if you want to do that. though. I was like, "Are you joking?" Absolutely. Um, and so I, I chat to her and I, and I get the job. But I'm still like, "God, I don't, I don't have a house. Uh, where am I gonna live?" And it was kind of during lockdown. And so we go to Focus, um, and I start chatting to a family um, from church, and they're like, "Oh, you can, you can live in our house." I was like. It's amazing. So God completely provided the two things that I was so worried about, and he, he just completely covered it all, and it was, it was the best. And, and more recently, as I've been thinking about Brazil and going to Rio, I've just continued to see God time and time again provide for every physical need. Um, A couple weeks ago, I met up with this couple, uh, Paul and Lucy, um, who are friends with Cree. Um, And they've been training the team that we're going out to to Rio with. Um, And out of anyone I could have lived with, I lived with this girl who happens to know them and we happen to connect. And so I've just continually seen God's provision. And we all have. And if you haven't, I encourage you. Invite God's God, like um, Toby was talking about last week, into your finances, into your job, into how you raise your kids if you're a parent, into how you study if you're a student. Invite God into every area of your life to be your physical provision. And in the same way, the crowd that Jesus is speaking to in this passage in John 6 would have seen Jesus physically provide The day before they've seen him multiply this bread and this fish and and they would have witnessed this provision from God. But also they would have grown up hearing stories passed down from generation to generation of God's provision for their ancestors. In John 6 verse 31 it says our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written he talking about Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. For 40 years, the Israelites were in the wilderness, wandering around the wilderness. And God provided for them in the form of this manna from heaven that would, um, they would wake up and would be on the ground. And in Exodus 16, we see how God would give them manna daily for 40 years. God was their physical provision, their daily physical provision. And Jesus longs for this. He desires to be, to meet every need that we have. Nothing is too big, nothing is too small for him. And he tells us um, in Matthew 6, a chapter that um, I often go to time and time again. Do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink. Don't worry about what you wear. But there's a, there's a condition to that. If you seek first the kingdom of God, then all of these things, all of it, will be given to you. Jesus longs to provide and to meet every need. And secondly, God provides for our spiritual need. and perhaps what every person, every person is searching for um, and yearning for, I believe. Is for something that will satisfy their souls, something that will satisfy their their inner being. And the crowd that Jesus is speaking to slightly, they kind of, they miss the point of what he's saying. When the crowd finds Jesus, it says in in John 6, 26 to 27, um, he says to them, Very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. They've missed the point in this passage. They're looking for Jesus because the night before they went to bed with full stomachs. They're looking for Jesus because of what he can do, what he can offer them, what he can provide for them. They're looking for him so that he can move his hand. Yes, Jesus, perform, do the miracles, show us the signs, show us the wonders... And we do the same thing. And I don't think we often mean to, but of we find ourselves in this. God, just, do, I, I do it. I was doing it when I was asking God about the LDY. And so many times we come to Jesus for the gifts that he gives. But he's, he's looking far more than that. He's looking for people who will be his friends. Who will delight in him, delight in his word, delight in friendship with him. And I'm not saying that the gifts are bad. I, I love the gift that God, God gives. I love the gift of my family. I love them so much. I love my friends. I love all the good things that God has given me. But we cannot love the gift over the giver. We cannot love the gift over the giver. And Jesus reveals himself to them in John 6, 35. And he declares, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never go hungry again and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty and that's that's a bold claim that's a bold bold claim if you come to him you will never be hungry or thirsty again why is this the miracle of the bread and the fish earlier in this chapter and even the miracle of the daily manner that God gave to his people in Exodus, it wasn't just a two dimensional closed system miracle for providing for a physical need. They are much deeper than that. They point to the, to the one who is the great I am, who is the bread of life. The only one who can not only satisfy for your physical need what you need on a daily basis, but the one who satisfies your soul. Every desire we, we could ever have, every need, every, everything that you can think of under the sun can be met and found in the person of Jesus. By feasting on all that he is. The miracle is that Jesus himself is the bread. The whole of the Bible, the whole of God's word speaks of who he is. And from Genesis to Revelation, God was writing this living love letter to his people, to us. That I am the bread, I am the bread, I am the sustenance, I am what you need, I am what you need, time and time again. And right from the beginning in Exodus, God was telling us that he himself is the bread of life. The manna wasn't just about the manna. It was that he alone was the sustenance they need. He alone is the only one who can satisfy and Jesus tells them in John 6, verse 32, that people are like, oh, it was Moses who was, who was providing the bread. But Jesus says, it wasn't Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It was my father who gave you true bread. All along, all along, I've been the provision. All along, I've been what you, what you needed. All along, I've been the one who's come through when you thought I wouldn't. All along, it's been, it's been me. So what is our response to this declaration, I am the bread of life. And how should it and how does it impact our lives? And firstly, I want to ask this question. What is your spiritual diet? Because our spiritual diet will reveal what has become our bread of life. It will reveal what's become our sustenance. It will reveal what has taken the place of Jesus. So either it's Jesus or it's not. When his disciples ask him how they should pray jesus teaches them the lord's prayer he teaches them to pray to their heavenly father saying give us today our daily bread the lord's prayer shows this posture of humble daily dependence on the person of jesus to be the provision give us today our daily bread a couple weeks ago um, a friend came to visit Christy, Stott, Crew um, and she came to my house, and we went for a walk because there's nothing else to do where I'm from. Um, I live in, in in a tiny village um, outside of Exeter, and um, the only things to do are walking or being in your house. So, we went for a walk, um, and we um, we were gonna go by this old church, um, and we there's a, a couple who mean the world to me. Um, they were missionaries um, in Thailand and, and tell the best stories of God and all, and yeah, just these cool, miraculous stories. And so um, one of them is really ill um, and I thought I wouldn't see them before I went to Rio. Um, and so we were, we were on this walk and we walked past, the, uh, past their house and I was honestly, I'm not gonna lie, I was secre- secretly hoping that we would bump into them. Um, and sure sure enough they're um, they're standing by the door and see us walking past um, and they're like oh want to come in um, and I was like yes <laughs> um, so we yeah we have this incredible chat with them um, and telling us these cool amazing stories um, but the but the thing that struck me most about what they said um, when we spent time with them um, is that um, I asked Robin um, how are you you um, Knowing he's not well, um, but I asked him, "How are you?" Um, and he said, <laughs> "He said my body is clapped out. I quote, um, and I'm I'm physically I'm wasting away. But my it is well with my soul. But even in the midst of all of this, it is well with my soul. And they would." They would even say that the older they've got, yes, their bodies are, re- are they're really old. I mean, Robin, in some, some parts of the conversation, kept falling asleep. Um, but as they've got, gotten older and older and older, physically their bodies have, have, are giving up. But spiritually, they, they'll say they're more alive than they've ever been because they're daily, constantly Their lives are are, are built on this, daily encountering the Lord, daily depending on him, daily reading the word, daily spending time with him, that inside they would say they're the most alive they've ever been. It is well with their souls, because they've found the secret that Jesus is the only one who can satisfy. Jesus is the only one who can satisfy. And so many things have the, the promise of being our satisfaction. So many things. Our, our jobs, our kids, our families, they're amazing. But they, we can't expect our friends to feel and, and be the thing that they, they can't be. Because them alone, they're not enough. Even though they're great, they're not Jesus. And we, some of us, I do it all the time, kind of spend my life trying to fit people or things into this hole to, to satisfy when it was, when it never will, it never could. Because only Jesus can. And there's, and even as I've been preparing um, to go to Brazil, I found myself like, it's kind of been a, a, a real check of what is the thing, that what's become your daily bread And you kind of find yourself being like, oh, Lord, like, I really want to do it. But, oh, it's like saying no to this. And then, oh, like, what are people going to think? People are going to think I'm crazy. Um, And, oh, like, what's my family? What are my friends? Oh, but if I do this, that means I can't work. And, oh, I can't save up for a house and all the things that people do when you kind of get to this age. Um, Oh, like, there's so much that kind of starts coming to your mind. And it's been a real check of what is satisfying me. Where do I find my daily bread? Because relationships won't do that. They, Yeah, if we try that, that's bad. Don't do that. <laughs> Our families, even though they're amazing, I love my parents, I love my, my sister, but I love my brother, but them alone, again, they can't satisfy me. So many things that we kind of, expect to they don't but he tells us in john 6 whoever comes to me will never go hungry again whoever comes to me will never be thirsty again so if we fill ourselves on all these other things even though they're great then they're not enough and we'll find ourselves time and time again hungry and maybe disappointed because the people didn't fill the hole and we see this in our society and our culture, don't we? And we have this alpha course that's running and we often, f- yeah, you often find people are, are looking, they're searching for answers, they're searching for something. For Is there more to life than this? Surely there's more to life than, than the grad scheme that I got or the job that I got. But I've got all of the billionaires, uh, they've got so much money, surely they must be so happy because they've got everything, they could buy everything they could ever want. But yet again, they're not satisfied. And all of these things are a desperate attempt to fill a void that was never meant to be filled by things. But it was meant to be filled by the bread of life, Jesus and as I come towards the end of this talk, maybe as I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit has been highlighting areas in your life. And and he was doing this with me as I was preparing for this of things that I've kind of t- found sustenance in or tried to to yeah to find satisfaction in. And I really feel like tonight, um, there's a real invitation, even as we go on to take communion a bit later on, to yeah, to maybe Store these things in your heart and give them to Jesus. And what that basically means is coming before him and saying, Hey, Jesus, I, I've been kind of trying to yeah, find my daily bread in this. And he's so kind. The Bible tells us that his kindness, it leads us to repentance. And he's so patient. He doesn't kind of knock the doors and barge, in, barge into your life. He's, he's so kind. And he longs, he, he so desperately longs to be the things that satisfy, to be the thing that, that gives you strength, to be the thing that you, he, you can turn to. And I feel like, yeah, maybe as we, as we progress in our service, you, if you just, yeah, give those things to him, maybe in your heart. He desperately longs to be the bread that satisfies all of your needs. And so I'm going to pray for us as I finish. Yeah, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Jesus, I thank you so much that you are the daily bread. And that, Father, we can have all of what the world could offer us. We could have all the money in the world, all the, the riches in the world. But, Father, they would always come up empty. And I thank you, Jesus, that only you can fill the void. Only you can satisfy the, our inner beings. Only you can satisfy our souls. And Father, I pray for all the things that are maybe in our hearts right now that you're highlighting. Lord Jesus, we just surrendered them to you. And we place them in your hands. Knowing that only you, Lord Jesus, can satisfy And Father, help us where we've, yeah, where we've not found that in you. Help us, Lord, to turn around. Let your kindness lead us to repentance, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.